Welcome to Wicked and Grim. Wait, that's not how it goes, is it? Fuck. You're Ben. I'm Ben. I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. Uh. True Crime Podcast. Okay, I fucked that up royally. <laughs> I tried to be clever and do something cool. I just, it went to shit. Oh, if we go astray at all, we usually end up fucking it up. Yeah. Okay. Right now, just real. Let's do it. Hey, what's up? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was on you. Never mind. We, nope. Even if we don't oh. go astray, we still fuck it up. Yeah. I don't know why, because we've said it how many times at this point? Yeah, um, this is what? Episode 54? Wow. I think. Look at us go. Right? So like cray cray. And actually we, oh, this is really cool. Today we hit 240,000 listeners <gasps> on the podcast. Oh my gosh. I haven't actually checked for the longest time. Yeah. So we were really close to a quarter of a million. Because wow, that was the listens. next big one we said we will share. Like we'll do something. Yeah. So we are super close, guys. Thank you so much for all that ridiculous wow. support. It blows our mind. That is so awesome. Right? Wow. Very cool. Where was I going with that? What were we talking about before that? Fucking up. Oh, yeah. And how <laughs> how we should know by now, but we've done this how many times? And yeah, there we go. Okay. But yeah, we still don't know. Yeah. And we've we've been listened to 240,000 times mm-hmm. fucking up over and over Boom. again. Boom. And uh, so grab your hot chocolates today. Yeah. Because we're, we, we ha- we're drinking some spiked hot chocolate. It's real tasty. And we're recording on a new soundboard. Yeah. Is that going to actually make it sound differently? Uh, it very well could. Yeah. Um, but the really cool thing is I don't have anything loaded yet. So it's just like preset stuff on here, but I can do things like this. If I'm like, you guys give us an applause, give us a round of applause. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel Thank like you. maybe you. let's not Thank do that you. too much because. Uh, oh no, I definitely won't. Can you imagine if we did that every five minutes or something? People would just be like, (laughs) (laughs) like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it's pretty fancy, actually. It is. And it's going to take a little bit of use to um, figuring out all the buttons and fandangling this Mm -hmm. thing. But we are super stoked to have it. Yeah. It looks like we look like we made it to the big times well we're getting there thanks to everyone so far i can't (laughs) believe the support we've gotten well we can afford getting this because of the support we've gotten from people over on patreon oh my gosh they're amazing and we freaking royally effed up and forgot to thank them all last tuesday yeah so we got a little bit of catching up yeah we got a list today of just freaking fantastic people so should i get to work on thanking all those amazing individuals over on patreon let's do it. Okay, so I am not promising anything on pronouncing names correctly. And hey, in fact, you do pretty good. I'm I'm starting to suspect some of you are typing in really weird names on purpose just to fuck with no, us. No, they wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think they would. I don't know. They no. Well, <laughs> okay, I don't know. I've talked to a few of those those people out there, and you guys seem pretty maniacal. Awesome, but maniacal. Okay. So let's go down this. We got Desiree Lampett, Jessica 
Armin Trout. I mean, Armin Trout. That's that just sounds like a made up name. I'm not saying that sounds like up. a sweet name. It is a sweet name, which is why it sounds made up. It was like, who has a name like that? Who Armin. has that sweet of a name? Right. <laughs> um, Erica Newash, Gosia Hannon, Tracy Keener, Katessa, Teresa, Emily Ricci, Rachel Shanks, Nicole Nadell, Randy Matheson, Audrey Shuck. I'm out of breath just thinking of you guys. Jeez. <laughs> Whew. Okay, I got this. Allie Moore, Jason Bird, Haley, Brandy Jensen, Haley Cassie, Christy Mooney, and Gina Vertillo. Wow. You guys, thank you for supporting us over on Patreon. Oh my gosh. everything you do for us. It's incredible. So awesome. There's another Nicole. There is. Is there a Ben on there too? Like that's I don't think we have a Ben yet. That's the first Nicole, I think. It might be. I'm into that. That's a cool name. It might be. But Jessica, just, I'm not, I'm not making fun of your name. (laughs) I'm just suspicious because your name is too cool. It doesn't seem (laughs) real. You're jelly. I am jelly. I'm peanut butter and jelly sandwich over here. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I hope everyone's Christmas is so far going good. I mean, it's not Christmas. The yet. holiday not even, season. Not even. Well, yeah, the holiday season. The, mm-hmm. the Tis the season, the holiday spirit, the December. Hope it's all going great. We have our house decked right out. Even though it's a tiny home. And I've been listening to Christmas music. But if, other than that, it hasn't been changed. I still have to get our Christmas shopping done. Holy moly. I, I'm, I'm pretty well done. Well, and I'm almost finished shopping for you. But have you started shopping for me? Do you have to do one person? <laughs> no. We we do a secret Santa with my family, right? I feel like you've had to and do then two each other. people because I pretty much checked up everything else. But Grant, you, you work a full-time job and I my schedule is more flexible, so I'm into it. And, all and I love gifts, shopping. All those gifts are with your family though too, right? With my family, we each get one gift of the secret Santa. Yeah. And then each other. And then it's all the gifts for your family. I guess. So you know them better than me. Fine. Okay, but I also have to make some cookies and do some baking. I'm down to make cookies with you. I know. I'm so into that. And we wanted to walk around our candy cane lane. Yeah. So. Tis the season for epic shit to do. I know. It's so fun. It's so fun. Um, But yeah, just don't leave your Christmas shopping to last minute like clearly Nicole is doing. Oh my gosh. This isn't last minute. Last minute is the 24th. Well, we're getting close. But lots of times I like to have it done before December even hits, so I am yeah. behind. And uh, I know, like, looking at the mall parking lot, it's like, <laughs> you wouldn't want to be shopping there right well, now. Well, yeah, because people get crazy. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit on the ridiculous side. But, I mean, you still got to go out and do the thing, do mm-hmm. the shopping. So good luck to those out there doing that. Wish you nothing but the best. And I got really pumped because I forgot which case we were doing today. And then I remembered and boom. Yes, we are this doing is wild. A, it's a very popular Christmas themed cases case. So many podcasts cover this one around Christmas. Um, I learned of this one only because of the request that we had. Mm-hmm. We had multiple people requesting. Yeah, it was awesome, actually. Um, and then, yeah, researching it and listening to other podcasts. It's like, oh, like th- this is a true crime case that is covered very frequently this time of year. Mm-hmm. So let's let's do it. Well, I don't think there's probably a ton of Christmassy cases out there. No, no, but anyone who but has this covered one is it. like, boom. Yeah, and anyone who has covered this one, it's like they cover it at Christmas. Yeah. Because of how it's tied in yeah. to Yeah, and I know very little, so I'm I'm excited to learn some more here. Well, um, fuck. This one. Is it bad? It sucks. Yeah? Yeah, so, so trigger warning on some on some some murderous stuff and um killing of children. So. Oh. 
Yeah. What we said we weren't going to be doing. It's just so many cases are so just many like cases always involving kids. kids. What like what the frig? Yeah. So, is what it is. Okay. You've been warned. Yeah. Both in the intro and now. So mm-hmm. here we go. Let's dive into the Covina massacre. Okay. You ready for this? I think so. All right. Let's start out with a little, a little nice interlude. A little introduction. Seems nice and happy, but here we go. So Bruce and Sylvia Pardo started the new year in 2006 with all signs pointing to a bright future. They were just getting married and together they had a healthy combined income of approximately 150,000. Nice. Right? That's a nice That's doing well. annual income, especially yeah. in 2006 too, right? Oh, okay. so, good. Um, they had a gorgeous half million dollar home on a quiet cul-de-sac in Monterose, California. Mm. Nice, nice, nice neighborhood, nice area, you know. Warm. Yeah. In California. <laughs> As I'm sitting here freezing. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Canada, bud. You're going to be cold. Uh, so everything was looking great in their life, but things quickly turned sour and divorce documents paint a bitter picture of Bruce Pardo's increasing depression as he lost his first wife. Then, or sorry, lost his wife first, uh, then his job. And finally, the dog, Seiki, in the divorce. By fall of 2008, Bruce was asking the judge to have his ex-wife pay him support and cover his attorney fees. Um, But before all this happened, let's talk a bit about Bruce and what his life was like before. Okay. 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 Let's do it. Okay. So Bruce attended high school in Sun Valley. Uh, Then he went to... California State University in Northridge to study computer science. Right on. He loved being the center of attention and he was a very outgoing person. Um, at his university graduation, he carried a blow-up doll with him um, and it made his way around the ceremony. And I could only assume probably across the stage as well. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to carry it around your your ceremony, um, you're probably going to want to highlight it across the stage, right? Mm-hmm. So. so he's kind of like a funny dude too, funny um, guy. I think he's more of like a like a frat kind of guy okay. sort of thing. Um, I couldn't really find too much in like his sense of humor and stuff. We'll, we'll cover a little bit more on on his personality here coming up. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of he's just out there and loud, mm-hmm. rambunctious a bit. Uh, friends, family, and coworkers uh, recalled him as exceptionally bright. And after university, he landed a job as a software engineer at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory hmm. in California. That sounds fancy as shit. Uh, but he wasn't the hardest working individual. So yes, fancy as fuck. He is a smart individual, but his he, work ethic his work wasn't great. Ethic was kind of shite. Well, okay. So, yeah. Hmm. So it's probably one of those people that's like the coworker where you're just like glaring at all the time because it's like fucking do your job, do you know? your work, pick yeah. up the pace, you know, like the the working hard or hardly working kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that sentiment kind of would sum up Bruce Not for the really, most part. Eh? Yeah, uh, that's well, that's pretty much how he spent most of his working days, just kind of like lolling around, not doing much. Uh, so it wasn't just at work though that he seemed to uh, do this. He would always relish the chance. Uh, to defeat the system, per se. Uh, one colleague um, actually recalled that he hacked into the Jet Propulsion Laboratory's computer system uh, and just to learn his com- his coworkers' salaries. Like, what? fucking dick move. Yeah. Why? Because he's an asshole, apparently, and wanted to do it, so he did. 
But he's smart. So seriously smart as heck oh, to yeah. ever do that. Yeah, he's smart. And just like, because he has curiosity. Yeah. Really. Probably didn't want to do the work. So he's like, what else can I do? Well, and making sure he's getting paid enough. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's not doing jack all. Right. Nice. So, so he did that fucking skeevy as shit, but he did it. Um, he basically seemed to come and go at work and do whatever he wanted and whatever he pleased, whenever, wherever, throughout his life, personal life, the whole whole nine yards. Hmm. In 19, I, that doesn't sound like the right year. Hold on. I have 1988. That doesn't sound like the right year. I got to go double check this. Okay. Okay. Don't mind me. That totally is the right year in 1988. So we're good. We good. We're good. I that just seemed like way too long ago. I was like maybe 98, but no, it is 88. Oh, okay. So ignore Holy, me. What do you mean? That was long ago. <sighs> we were born then, dude. Yeah. That's not that long ago. We old. <laughs> In 1988, when he was just 24, uh, Bruce became engaged to a co-worker named, I want to say Delilah, but it's not Delilah. It's just really close. It's Delia. Okay. So it's, if I slip up and say Delilah, I'm sorry, it's Delia. Okay. Uh, they invited approximately 250 guests to their nuptials at the San Fernando Mission. Ooh, that would be a pretty penny, eh? Yeah, it's going to be a big wedding. Mm-hmm, it's a lot of money. Um, Bruce, however, didn't have so much money, he, uh, even though they're planning this big wedding. Uh, so he didn't have any of his money at the time. And he was actually, in fact, living with his mother, even though he's got this great paying job. So what's he spending all his money on? We'll kind of get to that. Okay. Uh, so the bride to be dipped into her savings for the country club reception and honeymoon re- reservations in Tahiti. Wow. So she's paying for it all for the 250 guests at the wedding. At a country club and the honeymoon in Tahiti. Like that would be a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's going to be like a wedding to remember. And she was dishing out big bucks to have the wedding of her dream sort of thing all on her own. Maybe her parents are helping her too or something, though. Uh, potentially. I'm not too certain on that extent. Like could be, though. Yeah. All I know is that Bruce wasn't paying a dime. Nice. So Jeez. it was all on her and potentially I her feel family. like at that point, I'd just be like, peace. Right? Not into this anymore. Right? <laughs> Um, so anyways, after planning, lots of money clearly being sunk into the wedding, finally the big day arrived. All the planning, money spent, it had come down to today. The day of the wedding was June 17th, 1989. However, it didn't play out quite as planned. Delia waited for an hour for him to walk down the aisle. And there stood an empty altar and no groom. He never showed up. What? He fucking ghosted her on the wedding. Are you serious? Dead fucking serious. After she's pretty much spent her probably life fucking savings on that. Yep. Wow. I know. Fucking dickhole. Don't like him at all anymore. <laughs> pretty much done already. Uh, yeah, you should be. Um, Holy You're shit. really going to be done when you hear more of what's to come. Wow. You good, bro? I'm appalled already. Yeah, he's fucking disgusting. Let's that's just brutal. Spoiler alert: Bruce is a douche canoe. Okay. Okay. Well, I already gathered that. Yeah. So the next week after the wedding, Delia learned that Bruce had withdrawn the remaining amount from her savings, totaling three thousand dollars, leaving Delia completely flat broke. And as it turns out, rather than get married, he decided to go to Palm Springs on a vacation, where he blew. All her money. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know what to say because this guy is a freaking asshole. Yeah. He just blew all the money, just partied it away. Didn't care about the wedding, just took the rest what? of what she had and fucked off and didn't give a shit. Like, okay, cancel the wedding, whatever. Like, that's not like the, the end of the world, but cancel it prior to, like, at least give the person that you're about to marry some freaking respect. Like, right? that is brutal he was probably on a fucking airplane laughing while she was waiting wow. at the wedding that makes my heart like actually sink because just what that would do to her and her lifespan and stuff like yeah. just traumatizing really yeah she would never trust another soul oh and rightfully so wow so but there also i might just have to add like she might have dodged a bullet. Oh, she fucking dodged okay. a bullet. Just yeah. from the teeny bits that I know about this story. Yeah. No, she she definitely dodged a bullet um, metaphorically and literally. We'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, so there is a quote that I have from Delia. Um, Whatever he felt like, he did. There was no sense of responsibility. That's how she would go on to describe Bruce. And since that day, the relationship was clearly over. Right. She had moved on and she actually oh, yeah. um, went on to find a happy life with someone else and got married and moved to another state. So good for good Delia for her. out there just realizing that and being like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Good for her. Um, so Delia described Bruce to a fucking T. No responsibility. Um, and he did as he pleased. Simple as that. Uh, he liked to be center of attention, as we already said. Partying was a normal thing for him. He would often invite friends onto his boat on Lake Havas, Havasu. Sorry. Um, and in one incident, he had a friend fall overboard in, I think, I, there were some discrepancies in this, but I think it was like a, a rafting trip. Okay. Um, and that friend actually nearly drowned. And all he did was laugh about it. He thought what? He thought it was funny. Holy, this guy just doesn't seem like he gets it. Yeah, he don't. He don't. Because all. I'm sorry, but like no matter what kind of state you're in, like if your friends are drowning, like right? get your shit together and help them. I can understand maybe laughing after the fact with your friend. If your Safe friend is- and sound? Yeah. Yeah. If your friend is like, oh man, like that was close and it's kind of giggling about it. Yeah. yeah. It's okay for you to giggle along with them. But, but like- they're being pulled onto the Not boat when and they're, they're sitting there laughing and they're basically dying. Fuck off. Holy heck. I'm surprised you even had any fucking friends. Yeah. So that friend actually, um, I have a quote here from them as well. Um, he didn't get the severity of what happened. Uh, he was very, very intelligent, but common sense lacking. Okay. So. I guess that kind of makes sense then. Yeah, it kind of, kind of does, but it's, I don't Common sense only goes so far when you ditch your bride to be at a fucking altar, steal their money and go on a vacation. That's not common sense. Oh That's yeah. I asshole. wasn't thinking about the wedding, but I was thinking about maybe this like, yeah, maybe this incident, this incident but, but still like that. Okay. Maybe it paints this incident, but it doesn't paint him fully mm -hmm. in my opinion. That only, that excuse only goes so far. Oh, totally. hundred percent. So by 2001 at the age of 37, Bruce seemed to have finally settled down. He was living in Woodland Hills with his girlfriend, Alina um, Lucano. Lucano? Names are hard. Alina Lucano <laughs> and the 13-month-year-old son. Their, month their year son? Old son? 13 month son. Yes. Oh, okay. So he has his kid now. Yeah, he had a kid, 13-month-old son, Matthew. However, a week after New Year's, Bruce was home alone with his son while Alina was out of the house. You ready for this? 
I don't know because you, I'm scared now with the look on your face. Bruce was chilling on the couch watching TV. Uh oh, what? Paying happened? no attention to his son. Uh oh. While little Michael ended up falling into a backyard swimming pool. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. Lived though? Did he drown? When Alina returned home, she found Bruce screaming and holding and cradling their 13-month son in panic. According to her attorney, Bruce maintained a vigil by the boy's hospital bed for a week. But when the doctors determined that Matthew would never fully recover, uh -huh. Bruce and Alina split up. He just pieced the fuck out. So Michael did survive. Okay. Okay. Um, now, because of the accident, he was actually left with severe brain damage and is uh, paraplegic. Seriously? Yeah. And the, and Bruce just has nothing to do with that now? Yep. Wow. Neither Elena or Matthew have ever seen Bruce wow. since. Never again. Wow. Yeah. This guy. Now, I do want to say one thing. I can understand, like, he clearly felt bad on what happened. Mm -hmm. He was, like, fucking grieving. And I can understand someone like that, like a father having caused something like that to their own child. The guilt he would have fucking felt if he actually did feel it. I'm assuming he did by his reaction. So I can imagine that guilt, like, would have drove him to do things that's, like, we may not understand. However, he never fucking returned. He... Sure, you fucking run away from it, but you realize, shit, you got to do something. You can't mm -hmm. do that. You got to right your wrong. He never righted him his wrong. Him running away and never coming back is almost just as bad. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I understand him panicking and being like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. I don't give a shit. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because honestly, I mean, shit happens. Like, of course, you didn't mean for that to be to yes. happen. But then to just leave. like To piece oh. the fuck out. Yeah, no. Wow. You got you got to fucking buck up. Oh so. my gosh, that's devastating. Yeah. So, um, now apparently, and I'm not sure in the source, but listening uh, to the incredibly talented ladies over on Morbid who also presented this case, um, they found a source uh, where Elena and uh, Matthew are said to uh, actually be doing really well. And let's be honest, probably better without mm -hmm. Bruce. No so kidding. I'm not too sure, sure the source they had for that, mm -hmm. but um, I'm going to trust them because they awesome. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Shout out to you two. I know. They're awesome. Um, now, this is where Bruce and his mother actually begin to have a little bit of troubles. You see Bruce being Bruce, literally just abandoning his fucking child. And his mother didn't agree with these actions in the slightest because let's be honest, she's a fucking person and Bruce is clearly not. Um, and she's a mother. Yeah. And it's like, it's your own fucking kid. Mm -hmm. um, so well, and that would have been her grandkid and stuff, right? So that's all of a sudden probably out of her, her life too. Yeah. So. Um, so you, you literally know something's wrong when your own caring mother sides with your ex. Just, you just saying. You have to do a lot of shit for your mom to side. With your ex. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, not, not always, but generally. Yeah. Generally. Generally speaking. So now in 2004... Bruce would meet a woman by the name of Sylvia Ortez. Ortez? I, I'm pretty sure I misspelled her name. No, no, I didn't. Sorry. Orza. Orza. Yeah. I okay. was like, there's a T in there. Sylvia? No, 
Sylvia Orza. Yeah. Uh, they were introduced by her brother-in-law, uh, who was one of Bruce's co-workers. Sylvia was 40 years old and had three children from two previous marriages. Uh, she was just what Bruce needed, a down-to-earth woman with a large family, someone who could bring him back to earth and help settle him down. Okay. Because she's kind of the woman who's like, ain't going to take no shit sort of oh, thing, right? Oh, nice. She's a mom. She can't afford to like, you know, run around and be childish. Babysit him? Yeah. It's yeah. like either you're going to fucking be, you're going to man up or you're not mm -hmm. sort of thing. So that's exactly what he needed. Uh, so this brings us to now. Uh, when they got married in January 29th of 2006. And he didn't leave her at the fucking altar? He didn't leave her at the altar. So he no. grew up a little bit, I guess? He did a little bit. They bought their half million dollar home that we talked about. They mm -hmm. started their life together. And of course, um, as we did say though already, divorce was imminent. Right. Yeah. So they ended up separating on March 7th, of 2008. After Sylvia found out about his son, who he had left behind and never contacted again. Michael. Oh. Oh, really? He hid it all from her and she managed to find out. Holy so. shit. That's quite the thing to hide. Yeah. And then obviously she did not approve either. No. Of this whole situation. No. Clearly that was enough for Sylvia to realize uh, what a huge piece of shit he is. Well, yeah. Holy shit. Good for her. Yeah. I like her. Right. And she wanted the fuck out. Yeah. So understandable. Good job, Sylvia, of recognizing that shit. Not taking no shit mm -hmm. and piecing the fuck out. Bam. However, though, she was in a bit of a situation. Uh, she asked if she could stay at the home with Bruce while their, while her, sorry, daughter finished up the last few months of kindergarten. Okay. You know, rather than yanking her kid out of school, making it rough on her. She's being a good parent. Right? Wow. All they had to do was tolerate each other for a couple of months like adults and she would move on. That'd be really hard though, I'm not going to lie. It would be, um, especially for Bruce because Bruce being... Well, Bruce. Bruce. Um, Sylvia was at a niece's birthday party. And while she was there, he threw all her shit out in the driveway for her <laughs> oh and told her to get gosh. out. Right? Why does why doesn't he get the fuck out? Um like why does she have to get out? It's mostly his house. Well, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, it's not that it's mostly his house. I shouldn't say that because it it. It takes two to tango. They're both in a relationship and we kind of touch on that, but he kicked her out. And I would say probably because he feels like it's him, his home because he's the breadwinner. Well, just the fact that he's a piece of shit means that he should not have the house and she should get it. Yeah. I'm done with him. Yeah. Well, she quickly filed for divorce after that. And Good. she moved in with her sister. This guy, ugh. This guy, ugh. 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 I'm ugh. disgusted. I need more hot chocolate. Take a sip. I don't have any left. I drank it all. <laughs> it I still got some. Stressing me out. It's more like cold chocolate now, though. <laughs> still good. So during the divorce, Bruce was apparently hoping to reconcile, but Sylvia wasn't <laughs> having it. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe you should have thought about that before you threw all her stuff on the driveway. Right. What the? Right. I mean, honestly. That kind of stuff has consequences. If you were hoping to reconcile, maybe those couple months when she was staying there, would have been a good time. Oh, it would probably would have been perfect time, actually. Right. And they probably could have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I don't even really know what to say to that. I mean, it's just, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she was a grown ass woman, though. She's badass bitch. She wasn't having his child as bullshit. Let's put it this, this way. She wasn't going back, but too late now. You could have stopped it, Bruce. You could have maybe have had your reconciliation, but not now. She ain't not dealing now. with it. 
So all in all, Bruce was now working at a radar system company as a defense contractor making $122,000 a year. Yeah. While Sylvia was making approximately $31,000 a year as an administrative assistant. Oh, sorry. Bruce is making the the more money? Yes. Oh, I thought that was Sylvia. Oh, shit. So that's probably more so why he felt like it was his home because he's that breadwinner. He was bringing home a significant amount more than her. Like I say, it's 50-50. doesn't matter when you're married. Right? It's Mm 50-50. But I'm sure he felt entitled like that. Well, just clearly. Yeah. The way he was. Mm Mm-hmm. So with that discrepancy between their earnings, though, and they were 50-50 in a marriage, on June 18th of 2008, it was ordered that Bruce would pay Sylvia approximately $1,700 a month for spousal support. His first check bounced, and he just stopped paying after that. Oh, my gosh, of course. That doesn't even fucking surprise me. Right, I'm surprised he even fucking wrote a check to begin with, even though knowing it was going to bounce. Right. But it did bounce. And I mean, that's that we see that so much in cases like this where people actually have to support someone else, be it child support, spousal support. How often do people actually receive that support? And there are cases where it is unfair that the individual has to pay that much or Mm -hmm. pay that. They shouldn't be paying to begin with. But then there are many cases where it's like, yeah, they do deserve to be paid that. Yeah. But either way, it's like there's rarely any money being transactioned, it seems like. Well, if he's making that much money too, I mean. He should be able to. Yeah, like that that shouldn't be doable. It should be. Yeah, if you're making 122K a year and you can't afford to do any support like that, you're fucking up somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, he's probably just spending his money on stupid shit. Yeah, most likely. So the next few months, we had the the two had very little contact. Uh, they were divorced. Life had moved on, or at least Sylvia's did. It was Christmas Eve, December twenty fourth, two thousand eight. Uh, the Ortega family invited all five of their children and their kids mm-hmm. uh, to their home in Corvina, California quiet community about 22 miles east of Los Angeles. The Ortegas, Joseph and Alice, loved Christmas, and it was their favorite time of year to spend with their family. They had five children who all grew up and started families of their own. James and Charles, their eldest sons, and their daughters, Letisa, Alisa, and Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Okay. That Christmas Eve, the family gathered together in their house, and they even played fun games and even playing poker, the adults. Um, while their children ran around enjoying some magical atmosphere of Christmas and the anticipation that Santa Claus would be making Aww. his rounds to each of them, right? Sounds so lovely. But in the middle of the holiday celebration, the doorbell rang. Oh, don't answer the fucking door. You know what's coming? I do. You do? It's so sad. <sighs> Buckle your seatbelts, ladies uh. and gentlemen, because here is where shit goes. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. It was 11.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and everyone in the house was looking towards the door in confusion, wondering who it could be. Well, yeah, that's late. Right? Then, little eight-year-old Katrina saw Santa Claus through the window, standing in the front door, holding a big present. Excited with the prospect that, like, Santa's showing up on Christmas Eve, present in hand, oh, she jumped for joy and no. raced to the door to let him in. 
Oh, no. She opened the door and looked up at the man with a white long beard cloaked in red velvet. Now, some of the adults there at the house um, reported that Santa actually even picked up Katrina and embraced her in a big hug before he set her down. Whether that's true or not, because there's some discrepancies in that, but that is a report. Okay. Um, whether that's true or not, after that, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a nine millimeter handgun and shot her point blank in the face. What? Yep. The little eight-year-old girl. The little eight-year-old girl. Did that kill her? We'll we'll touch on that. Oh my gosh. I'll let you hang on to it for that a little is- bit. Okay, like, she thinks this man is Santa? It's Christmas Eve? Like, holy yeah. crap. Imagine being eight years old oh, and you see Santa. You would just be, like, the most happiest thing in the whole wide world. Right. And then they pull out a gun and ring and shoot you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I won't let you hang on it too long. Katrina does live, but we'll touch on, okay. on her in a bit. Okay. I could just see the the pain in your eyes. So, Oh, yeah, it's there. It's really there. So after shooting Katrina in the fucking face, Santa stepped inside the house and began firing shots indiscriminately at anyone that he saw. Amongst all the chaos and bullets, a voice was heard, and the voice shouted and said, It's Bruce. Everyone was ducking for cover and running from bullets whizzing past them. The adults actually ended up occupying, before Bruce entered, the closest part of the house to the front door, while most of the children were located in the back, with the exception of 17-year-old Michael Andre Ortiz, who was upstairs playing video games. Now, this made the adults a shield for many of the kids, who thankfully did manage to escape, but most of the adults, being that said shield, weren't so lucky. Bruce shot them point blank as he rushed, as they rushed to stop him. Sorry. (laughs) Many of them even coming forward, trying to get him after being shot multiple times. And they kept coming forward as they bled out on the floor. Holy. Right. Oh, that's amazing. That's it's incredible actually. Hey, what people can do. Oh, it's in fucking sane. And well, the, and they're literally doing that. Because they're like they're protecting their kids, right? Yeah, they're protecting the the their family around them, the adults, their brothers, their sisters, their mom, the dad, and the kids, the kids their nieces, yeah. their nephews, their daughters, their sons in the back room. Yeah. So they are doing whatever it takes to try and stop Bruce. Bullets in their chest, and they are still coming forward. Oh my gosh! I always like find it so interesting because you feel like there's a crowd or a group or whatever that you think that you'd be able to take down like one sing- single gunman gunman mm-hmm. but like you're startled and you're not ready and it's just like this environment that's uh i i just i couldn't even imagine i always feel like they should be able to take him down but you just you can't it's well, like they say your best hope in a situation like that is to rush the gunman because they, they can't shoot you in close range especially if there's multiple people on top and you can disarm them mm-hmm. but like you say you're caught off guard yeah, I mean, and they how many had, bullets they probably had some drinks and just having a good old time. And probably sitting down, stumbling over furniture while he's just sitting there unloading on you. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, so you don't really stand much of a chance. No. So others did hide and duck for cover, 
Um, but Bruce would walk up to them and put a bullet in their head execution style Holy. as they desperately tried to save their lives and the lives of their loved ones. Yeah. Like I said, indiscriminately, he just killed them. It was literally a massacre. And just no shits given. Not a single fuck given that day. Not a single one. Not by Bruce anyways. Wow. And why? Because he got a divorce? Pretty much, but we'll, we'll touch on that too. After unloading multiple rounds into the house, Bruce then turned to the large present that he carried with him into the home and began to unwrap it. Do you have any predictions? I don't know. Kiwi just came down the stairs and wants the fuck to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Kiwi. I have a small, well, I think I know, so I'm not going to say. Well, inside was an 18-gallon compressor that he had modified into a homemade flamethrower. Mm -hmm. He would use this device and he would begin shooting gas and flames all over the inside of the house, setting everything on fire before he fled the scene. Wow. That is fucking next level. Yeah. Fucking disgusting. Like, holy like, fuck. Like, does he actually think that he's going to get away with this? Or he doesn't give a shit, maybe? I, we touch on that too. Okay. Sorry. I'm just, it's all good. He, he fully intended on trying to get away with it. Oh, <laughs> good luck, bud. Yeah. So in total, nine people died from either gunfire or flames oh, and three others were wounded. Katrina, the eight year old little girl was shot in the face. She stumbled outside of the house as Bruce made his way in and continued the massacre. So she was shot with severe but non-life-threatening injuries. Thankfully, she happened to turn her head and it's thought that she was turning back to be like, Santa's here into the house, right? Oh, that's so, so pure and innocent. Right? So she had slightly turned her head just at the right moment when she was shot and she was shot through the jaw, oh, okay. which saved her life. Saved her life. Wow. There was also a 16-year-old girl who was shot and wounded in the back, but she managed to survive. And a 20-year-old woman who suffered a broken ankle who jumped out of the second floor window Holy of the home frig. to escape. Well, yeah, I'd rather a friggin' broken ankle than Fuck shot yeah. to death. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the 17-year-old boy who I mentioned who was upstairs playing video games mm -hmm. didn't get shot, but he did die in the fire. Because that fire raged out of control. Oh my gosh. That fire soared approximately 40 to 50 feet in the air and took 80 firefighters Holy. an hour and a half to extinguish the flames due to the intensity of the fire. Wow. Yeah. And also due to that intensity of the fire, they had to identify victims with dental and medical records, which is fucking brutal. You know, when you have to use fucking dental and medical records, it's fucking bad. Okay. Well, and let alone like how brutal of a scene that is for all those people too now that are involved, right? That are yeah. like first responders. Mm -hmm. Just traumatizing. Yeah. And but on then, fucking Christmas Eve. So how many people survived? Like did the kids survive? Or are um, you yeah, getting to that Many story? of the kids survived. I don't have a list of survivors, but I do have a list of um, – Victims, and there was approximately twenty-two to twenty-five people in the house. Oh, okay, okay. So there was eight people. Sorry, that died. Nine died. Nine died. Nine died, and three, three were, were injured. injured. Yeah. Okay, so like, 
I mean, not that there's any light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, there's a little bit, but that's good that at least half of them seem like survived then, but it's mostly kids. So that's kind of scary. Yeah. So. Because what does that mean? Well, you basically have orphans now. That's what that means. Being orphaned by Santa on Christmas fucking Eve. <laughs> wow. How do you go on to live your life? Imagine the rest of your Christmases. Oh my gosh. After just that. Be traumatized. Yeah. There's I, no way you'd want I, to even celebrate probably. Probably oh. not. And even if you say you don't celebrate, say that that's okay. You decide not to celebrate. How many people around you are fucking celebrating? Mm-hmm. Christmas parties at work. Yeah. Just going to get groceries. The whole month of December really you're like triggered probably. Yeah. That is a whole fucked up. Like I can only imagine the issues you'd have to deal with for the rest of your life. That's well, oh. Did some of some of the parents survive then? Uh yes, I believe some. So hopefully yeah. they just took all the children. <laughs> right? Is kind of the hope. But yeah, I'm not too sure oh, how yeah. that worked out in the end. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So you ready to move on? Sure. <laughs> Well, all these horrendous acts aside, uh, the silver lining is they did know who had done this. It was Bruce. Uh, they didn't know why he would act and act, attack his ex-wife's family like this during a Christmas party, nonetheless, murdering those who called him like brother, uncle, whatever. fucking crazy. That's yeah. why. What, he did. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's it. They don't know why, but he did. He's fucking loony, apparently. Um, so police quickly set out to find Bruce and- from a tip from a neighbor, they knew what he was driving, okay. which was good. Good. So they sent out for that vehicle right away. Oh, yeah. Imagine being the neighbor of this shit, too. Right? Holy frick. Um, which I should note, and I didn't actually put this in here, but it, I should say it. Um, I believe it was the uh, 20-year-old girl who broke her ankle actually made it to a neighbor's house to call 911. Wow. With yes. a broken ankle. That's impressive. Yes. Right? Uh, now, where am I here? Okay. Yes. So they quickly... Was set out for the car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, the investigation was like just beginning, but it didn't last very long because Bruce's brother, uh, Brad Parda, was returning home from a Christmas party and called the police because he found his brother Bruce on the couch of his home in a pool of blood dead. What? Okay, I didn't know that part. Yep. So he killed himself then. Once police arrived on the scene, they found Bruce in civilian clothes and a single gunshot from a 9mm handgun in his head. There was a 9mm gun in his lap and there was a second 9mm on the floor. Police also found another bullet hole in the ceiling. I don't know how I feel about that. No? Why? Well, because what a fucking asshole. Right? Like, you did this just horrific act... And then you just go and take your own life and right. don't even have to pay the consequences. Really. I, know. I know. Like, fuck him. Wow. Wow. There's a little bit on that. We'll, we'll touch on it here in a minute. So comparisons uh, from the bullets of Bruce's gun tested in forensic lab would confirm that he was the one who fired the shots at the Ortega home and on himself. No shit. Um, they actually at first thought there might have been a second gunman. Uh, oh, in, really? In the scene where Bruce was or had committed suicide, but forensics confirmed that it was self-inflicted. Oh, okay. So they they ruled out a second gunman. Okay. 
Uh, Bruce was also found to have several third degree burns on his body, like severe third degree burns, um, along with melted polyester fabric embedded in his skin. Hmm. I almost wonder if he didn't realize how fucked up he would have gotten from that then, eh? Well, yes, he would have been in some serious pain then. Oh, yeah. Like while shooting flames all over the Ortega home, he managed to get severely burnt like himself and melting the cheap velvet suit into mm-hmm. his own skin. So I wonder if he didn't even realize that, it, you know, no, it, something got out of hand, whether he got too close to fire, whether fire, he sprayed himself with gas and it caught yeah. up or just the intense heat inside, like combusted his clothes, something. It got out of hand to the point where he fucking hurt himself, where clearly he didn't mean to. Well, certain fabrics too don't do good under that, right? He needs yeah. to probably worn like a firefighter suit or something. Yeah. And this this was just a cheap Santa suit. So mm-hmm. now he also had seventeen thousand dollars in cash cling wrapped around his legs. Okay. Yeah. Because he was planning to flee. Probably. Uh, now investigators turned to search Bruce's car for more evidence and clues and what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, his car was, uh, he was driving a rental at the time. He wasn't driving his own car. So it was a rental car that he rented and it was parked one block from his brother's house. Inside investigators found the remaining remnants of a Santa suit and that Santa suit, uh, he actually got custom made event or they realized eventually. Oh, wow. To make sure he had room for all the fucking artillery he was packing in with him, the guns that he had. Oh, so this was totally premeditated. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the car was actually rigged to explode with black powder if that Santa suit was removed from the vehicle. Oh. Yeah. Like, because if someone came across it or whatever, an evidence or something. Yeah. So if if someone were to remove that Santa suit, it Mm -hmm. was rigged to blow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, because of this, there is some questioning around whether or not Bruce always intended to kill himself or if it was a last minute decision when things didn't go as planned. I feel like it's last minute. Because if he's going to rig up the car to blow, that seems like he's trying to hide evidence, right? Yeah, totally. So why would he just kill himself? If he's like, why is he, why is he trying to hide evidence if he's just offing himself anyways? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there, there's there's a few discrepancies about it, and there's a few different, like... Um, well, regardless, things. I'm surprised that he didn't just blow up the car, really. That's interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. Uh, well, regardless, it's it was clear that once he parked the car, uh, he clearly changed out of the suit, intending to blend in a little bit more, be inconspicuous. He was no longer in the suit. He was in civilian clothes. Okay. Um. And they also recovered four 13-round capacity 9-millimeter handguns that were empty. So I just want to repeat that. Four 13-round capacity 9-millimeter handguns that were empty. Empty. Okay. So that is a total of, what is it, 13 rounds. What's 13 times four? I didn't do the math. You're looking at over 50 bullets. Yeah. Like 50. I don't know. I don't want to say because what if I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 52. It's 26 times two. Does that help? 52. Yeah, that's what I said. 52. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were quicker than me. <laughs> uh, so he most likely emptied 52 bullets into that family's home. 
That is so many. Yeah. Holy frig. Uh, and there was I can't even least, like just sorry just like hearing that go off right yeah like being a neighbor or whatever and just hearing that many gunshots like just terrifying put it this way if you're firing one bullet a second that's bullets going off for a minute straight like Almost. that would just be terrifying right it's actually very surprising that like no one got hurt in nearby houses too. actually yeah it is uh, there was at least 200 rounds of ammunition found uh, with all the evidence they needed and collected and inv- investigators actually treated the car as a bomb threat because of the way it was rigged. Mm-hmm. So police fired an incendiary, an incendiary round or device into the vehicle and destroyed the vehicle. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. No one else needs to get injured from this. Exactly. Now inside Bruce's home in Monterose, California, police had recovered five empty boxes of semiotic handgun, semi, semi-automatic. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> handguns um a tactical shotgun and a container for high octane fuel tank gasoline wonder what he used that for they also found what would be described as quote unquote a virtual bomb factory in his home wow whatever that specifically means i don't know but that is a direct quote so so he took this shit to the next level hey yes he fucking did (sighs) He was planning on this. Like he knew what he was fucking doing. There was major premeditation. Uh Uh-huh. Investigators also found that Bruce had purchased a plane ticket to fly to Mexico. It didn't seem like he had planned on killing himself with all the evidence on hand. Mm -hmm. First off, Bruce's getaway car was parked about 500 feet from also Scott Nord's house, who was Sylvia's divorce attorney. Police believe Bruce might have actually planned on also murdering Scott, who resided over the the proceedings of their divorce, who he clearly did not like. Yeah, but there's absolutely no reason. It's like there was no reason to was murder his, the Ortega well, no, family. No, either. neither reason, but yeah. like, good lord. Well, they 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 think that was his plan afterwards. Okay. Um, they think he was going to kill the attorney and flee the country with the seventeen thousand dollars cash. He had strapped to his leg. Go to Mexico. Getting away, starting a new life before anyone ever catches on to who he was, or at least while they were scrambling to try. Mm-hmm. However, in the inferno of the home and his makeshift flamethrower, he fucking burned himself so bad that he needed medical attention. Stat. Maybe he could survive the burns. Maybe. But the family even shouted his name. They knew who he was. Bruce knew that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty. It's probably pretty obvious to them. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's identified, mm-hmm. and he's severely injured. Could he get away fast enough? Being that injured, is a hospital waiting for a man with third degree burns to come in right fucking now? To Bruce, yeah. the only way way out may have just been to end his life. He may have had a plan to escape, but in his condition, but something could he? went south and he got way too injured. Yeah. Now, as for why, well, they believe his divorce took a toll on him more than many knew. He couldn't take it. His life was ruined. He even ended up getting fired and losing his job prior Mm. to all this. Um, So no money, no way of paying what he owed. Bruce was required to pay Sylvia as a part of the um, settlement. Yeah. Um, And according to court documents, Sylvia actually um, kept the wedding ring. Like I mentioned earlier, the family dog. 
Um, in court declarations, Bruce complained that Sylvia was actually living with her parents, not paying rent, and had spent money lavishly on luxury cars, gambling trips to Vegas, meals at fine restaurants, massages, and even golf lessons. So he clearly had resentment over how she was spending the money that he was having to pay her. Yeah, but wasn't he not even paying her? Was Or was this a di- – that was a different one that you had said where like the check bounced, right? No, this this was her. So he wasn't even really giving her the money. I know. So, But yet he's still but, pissed. <laughs> yeah, but he – she's living like this and he has to pay her. So she's living good. Why does he have to pay her? That That's what he's thinking in his eyes, right? Oh, so yeah, that so justifies what he did, eh? Oh, yeah, oh so does. Gosh, holy. Dickweed. Um, it didn't matter though. He lost, uh, his wife left him mostly for abandoning his son to start with at least. Um, whatever it all was, it it was too much. And he hated everyone in that house for having part in what drove him to this place. Even his own fucking mother, who was actually invited to the Ortega home that night. What? She was invited to the Christmas party. Because she was actually fairly close with Sylvia still. Bruce wasn't invited. And so that pissed him off? Her, the mom didn't go though and die, right? Yeah, she didn't go actually. She actually ended up not feeling good that night and she didn't go. So little did she know, but that literally saved her oh life. Oh my gosh, how you stalled there. I was like, did she go and he killed her? No, she didn't die. But he went there knowing she was invited. Wow. Right? But it doesn't seem like they had the best of relationships probably anymore, right? No, it doesn't seem so. But I'm, that's, as far as I'm concerned, all to Bruce's own fault. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, the, and then I just have to say, sorry, holy frig, for the fact that he like, like, okay, because he goes to his brother's house mm-hmm. and does that on his couch. Like now he's also ruining ruining his brother's couch. Christmas Eve completely. Like, yeah. could you imagine go, like celebrating coming home to that? Yeah. So my my theory on that is he was going to the attorney's place, parked there, and he's like, I can't. Like, I, I'm too fucking hurt sort of thing. Yeah. And so he went somewhere else close by, which was his brother's place. Lived in the same neighborhood. Maybe to try and patch himself up or something and realize. Realized how bad he was. Yeah. And then said, fuck it. Wow. He should have just gone back to his car and blown it up. Yeah, no kidding. But we wouldn't have gotten evidence that way, so I'm glad he didn't. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So the people who lost their lives that night in Bruce's fucking tyranny are Sylvia, who is Bruce's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. She died from gunshot wounds. Alicia Ortega, gunshot wound to the abdomen. Joseph Ortega, multiple gunshot wounds. Charles Ortega, Sherry Ortega, James Ortega, Teresa Ortega, Elisa Ortiz, Michael Ortiz, who was the 17-year-old who died upstairs in the fire. Oh, jeez. And in total, there are 14 children who lost one or both of their parents that Christmas Eve in 2008. That is just devastating. Yeah, it's sick. And for what, really? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Because he was petty. That's why. You also have to, he had to have had some sort of mental, like, issues going on, right? Because, like, uh, 
you, you don't go and do that. The only speculation of mental issues that he had um, was mental health. Men, sorry. sorry, mental health. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, I was, I started that. Oh, uh, depression was the only thing that they they know of. There is no pre documentation of anything. He wasn't diagnosed with anything. Uh, they believe it was depression caused by the divorce. Wow, because yeah, I'm just thinking like terrible cases of depression, like. You don't go and, and kill nine people no. like that. That depression is depression is not an excuse to fucking no. massacre a family. A family just destroyed a family, like a yeah. whole extended family. Yeah. Wow. And numerous other people too along the way, really. Mm -hmm. So that is the Kafina massacre. Hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a wild one, <laughs> eh? Merry fucking Christmas. Yeah, that Holy is shit. brutal. Okay, so the one that we have like for Christmas week is not quite as heavy. <laughs> it's a little more jolly, would you say, or no? I don't know if I'd say jolly. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will find out when we do it, oh. but I, I wouldn't describe it as jolly. It's not quite this bad though, right? <laughs> well. Eh. Oh, shit. Okay. No, it's I, I wouldn't say it's as bad. But it's definitely not fucking true. Because, yeah, this is horrific. Like, yeah. even we've covered a lot of murders and true crime cases and stuff. And this is, like, one of the most horrific ones. This is one of the worst ones. Yeah. It's not the worst one. As far as I'm concerned, I think Junko for, for yeah. is still the worst. But then just the amount of people that were affected and stuff, too. Yes. Right? And, like, yeah. wow. Wow. Did he have to seriously wear a Santa suit? Like, fuck him. Yeah, fuck this dude. Wow. So that is the douche canoe, Bruce. Fuck mm -hmm. him. Um, but uh, rest in peace to all those that yeah. he massacred. And we are sincerely sorry to the Ortega family for what you had to go through that night. We can't imagine. I cannot imagine. So, I, I hope that they have just the slightest bit of peace yeah. today. Um, and something I fully endorse this thought talking back, uh, or th sorry, throwing back to the ladies over on Morbid. They said that they hope Bruce is burning and so do I, but I like what they said. They hope that he is burning with a Santa suit melting on his skin and then getting another one put on melting in over and over. You know what? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Bruce. He deserves some real shit. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Don't forget to check out all our social links down below, including Patreon and, of mm -hmm. course, our merch. Uh, we have merch now. Yeah. Some yeah, the link stuff. is in our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Also down below in the podcast. So There you go. Yeah. Easy to find. Hopefully you guys have a great holiday and we got more coming up for this holiday. We sure do. And until then, of course. Stay wicked. Stay wicked.